And that will wrap up today's episode. I will not be here next week, so don't forget, you need to find somebody to fill in for me. Oh, that's right. I'll figure something out. See you in a couple weeks. Hey, Just a Guy, I need to fill in for my co-host next week on my podcast. You think you can fill in last minute? Hey, sorry, bud, but on the weekends, I teach a Hearthstone class over at the Senior Center. That day, they're going to learn how to spam emotes. Oh, that sounds fun. But now... Where will I find another middle-aged white guy to talk about video games, regional food we like, and other favorite podcasts on the exact same subject? Hey, look, why don't you just call Mike Mercenaries? Mike Mercenaries? What's that? Mike Mercenaries is the service all the podcasts are using nowadays when they need a fill-in host at the last minute. But I can't afford that. We can't even afford to pay the guests, or even the hosts. What do you think, we make quink and seed money? See, that's just it. You pay Mike Mercenaries in exposure but we can barely even offer any of that. It'll be enough. Go ahead and give him a call. Okay, I will. Thanks. Hello, Mike Mercenaries. I need to rent a podcast host for my show this week. Do you have a portfolio of hosts I can take a look at? What? You only have one host available? Oh, you only have one host, period. All right, well, I guess we'll take him. And those are all the cards that were released this week. Excitement abounds. I couldn't agree more. And thanks for filling in this week. It's been fantastic. Thank you again, Mike Mercenaries. Mike Mercenaries, the podcast saviors you can trust. Mostly. Remember, our audio antics are for entertainment purposes only, and any resemblance to professional voice work is purely coincidental. We are not responsible for reduced ratings, uncomfortable pauses, or unexpected side effects, including, but not limited to, uncontrollable laughter, the desire to try something like peep soda, or really bad advice on playing video games. Use Mike Mercenaries at your own risk. If you experience fits of uncontrollable laughter lasting more than four hours, congratulations. Ask your doctor about it today. Please like and subscribe. Electric Sheep City approves this message. Welcome back to Bread and Butter, everybody, where we're serving up the basics for Hearthstone improvement. As you can hear, I'm not Doc. Doc is in the process of moving this weekend. We knew about that. So our guest host tonight is Electric Sheep City, Electric Sheep City, except he's not able to be here because his internet is not playing nice. However, we do have our special guest tonight who has internet and is not moving, and that is Goliath the Dwarf. Goliath, how are you tonight? Uh, doing pretty good tonight. It's uh, it's a nice uh, Sunday night, although uh, in my area it's currently uh, 35 degrees and I am adjusting with uh, adding several blankets and sweaters and hoodies at the moment. We actually, so it's colder right now and it's, we're about to get snow on Wednesday or at least it's partially so, but yesterday it was like 79. It was like, it was like 80 degrees. So that's just typical New England. Like we went to my mm-hmm. son's last last soccer game and I actually had to move into the shade. It was too warm. It was great. But, um, yep, now we have cold rain and snow, and that's New England for you. But um, what have you been doing inside the game of Hearthstone lately? Well, um, I tend to play um, different modes depending on what mood I'm in. Uh, Lately, I've been attempting to see if I can get my first ever uh, two two months uh, hitting a legend in a row. Uh, Currently, I've managed to get up to 
Diamond 10 in both Standard and Wild. Wild, I still have a two-star streak going right now. Uh, Standard, I had no stars. I've worked my way up there from scratch uh, with some Paladin. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'm hoping there's not many days of the month left, but I'm hoping to see if I can uh, nab one of those and maybe try to finish out the free version of the Battlegrounds Pass while I'm at it before that runs out. I think you have some time in the Battlegrounds Pass because that doesn't switch over when we hit the new expansion. That season is uh, staggered, so you have yeah, a little bit more time. Yeah, they're on, on their own seasons. So what Paladin have you been playing? Um, well, I've been uh, using a uh, a pure Paladin uh, deck in the standard area that... Um, I uh, nabbed off of the uh, the Out of Cards website, made a couple adjustments for some cards I didn't currently have, um, largely making use of that, um, uh, getting a lot of silver hands on and buffing them with like the Crusader's Aura, um, using things like the uh, class action lawsuit and um, our favorite little uh, Paladin uh, Legendary Gets You uh, Three uh, legendary invitations back from our uh, murder at Castle Nathria expansion, the Countess. Uh, but I, I get a lot of satisfaction. It's fun when you uh, play one of those uh, pure pally decks, or if they ever make them for other classes, it's fun. The challenge, the no neutral cards. It's, I tend to forget to put neutral cards in my decks anyway. But then I do sometimes have that one little stumble when it's uh, not Stormu Day and I decide, oh, yeah, I just have to slot that into a deck that I already play. And I forget that Stormu is a legendary card, uh, a neutral card. So all of a sudden the entire synergy doesn't work. Um, for Wild, I've largely been doing a lot of uh, Totem Shaman. Uh, that's carried me through a couple seasons. I've had to make some pretty minor alterations, if any at all, from month to month for the past little bit. Fantastic. I've actually been playing a lot of Paladin myself, but I've been playing the uh, I've been also playing pure Paladin, but mine is not the dude pure Paladin. Mine is the Garden's Grace pure Paladin where we are uh, using uh, Katori and we are making our minions big. We are hoping our opponent doesn't have reverberations and we are going face faster than they can handle it. And we like to boogie down. So that deck has been a lot of fun. I've actually played, I, I probably have about 600 games with it by now in one iteration or another. I've actually managed to play with the Cool Ghoul, which is one of my favorite cards, but we've kind of moved away from that because at the four mana spot, it's really tough because once you order in the court, you get to that four mana spot, you're really looking for Keeper Strength. Um, uh, I think it's Keeper Strength. The one that gives you plus two, plus two, and deals the attack damage to all the minions. And that's usually what you need it for. And when you draw another four mana cost that card at that time, it's not great. But I am I'm still around three thousand. I got up to one thousand ish. Why well, I mean one thousand five hundred ish. I've fallen back down to four thousand. I'm just trying to get over my anxiety of playing up there. So I've just been jamming games, jamming games. And then when it gets to late, the end of the night, I'm like, okay, I'll set a break point either high or low and say, if I break either of those, we're going to call it for the night. Cause otherwise it's just, let's play one more game. Let's play one more game. Um, but I have a solution for you for the Norris Dormu day is you play scam rogues, scam dragon rogue. And then that deck works fine. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that deck, but that one is I'm not familiar with the term actually. Scam it's basically, dragon. yeah. So it's basically you play, uh, I think it's Kobold illusionist. 
and you have the weapon that has the death rattle. And the only death rattle you have is the death wing that when it dies, it uh, summons all the dragons in your hand. Ah, of course. So you can do that on like turn four or five. And it's basically got like preparations and coins and, and um, secret passages. But you you have the backup. There's um, one card that makes your one your death rattles in your hand cost one. And you can play that, but for the most part, you either hit your scam or you're trying to get to dragons, and it is it gets you a lot of wins real fast. And you can play your Norse Dormu in it, and it doesn't ruin anything. Well, that is fun because I do love tribal synergy decks. Um, d- generally, you know, if it has like a let's make a a hunter deck that's just chock full of beasts, or like I said, totem shaman or uh, dragons or. Uh, now, you know, we have the Quillbore and the Naga and all of that. I love when they add a new tribe and see. And, and now we have where the tribes stack and there's all sorts of fun combos you can try to pull off with those. And, and spell schools are essentially just tribes for spells. So I was ecstatic when those came out. Yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out how Boogie Down is a holy spell. I guess they've never seen <laughs> Footloose. Um, but, <laughs> but what have you been doing outside of the game, Goliath? Well, uh, things have been uh, pretty busy for me overall. Uh, For one, as of our recording, uh, I uh, turned 28 years old uh, this past Tuesday. So uh, recent birthday on that. Um, Of course, that also means that as we're recording, Halloween is uh, coming up. And uh, in my day job, I uh, currently am a uh, small town uh, newspaper reporter and photographer. So I've been getting a lot of photos. Just last night, I was photographing like a masquerade dance at the the fireman's place and uh, like a halloween parade and it's really fun being able to get pictures like cute kids in costumes and stuff like that um and i guess a big big life change that's happened for me uh recently uh within this past month here is that i uh i got a surgery to uh help uh repair some uh, damage that was done to my nose in a slutting accident when I was 11. So for like the past uh, 17 years, I could only breathe through one nostril at a time. And uh, now that's all fixed. And I'm just really enjoying like, uh, you know, breathing without any effort. Uh, So those are kind of the really big things happening outside of Hearthstone for me lately. My goodness, that must have been bad when you had a cold. Oh, yes, I got stopped up so easily, like constant mouth breathing and like six pillow elevation when you're sick to sleep. But but did you have because of how I don't know how it was broken, were you able to get a good snot rocket going or Uh, I was able to do very good uh, dying elephant impressions whenever I blew my nose. Let me put it that Ah. way. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 Halloween week here, obviously, because it's always Halloween week when it's Halloween week everywhere. But um, my kid's been doing he's had a couple different parties, like one for Taekwondo. And then we went to the Y and he gets to dress up and and he had his last soccer game, like I said, this weekend. So it's just been kind of a busy thing like that. And uh, my wife's not feel good today. So she's been kind of chill, which means we didn't really have to do anything today. So I get to sit down and play video games all day, which not something that usually happens. And I mostly played Inscription because today was the Blizzlet Gaming Club meetup for Inscription and I hadn't started it yet. So I started this morning hoping I could get far enough where I could participate, but I haven't. 
we can't talk about the game because you're not supposed to talk about the game because you're supposed to let people discover things about the game. So we won't be going to the spoilers here. But let's just say that I was late with the show notes tonight because I was playing Inscription. And then while I was typing up the show notes, I was playing Inscription. And then after I handed over the show notes, I was playing Inscription. And then when the show was about to start, I realized, oh, I better save out of this game and go start the show. So um, it's a fun <laughs> game. I'm enjoying it. Um, I highly recommend it's not too expensive and you, it's usually on sale. Um, it's one of those ones. It's a, it, it, you'll, you'll play it. It's easy to figure out. And then there's like mysteries to figure out. So it's fun. Highly recommend. Um, but anyway, Goliath. Where did you get your username from? Goliath the Dwarf is the official name. Yes, yes, that's, a, that's an interesting story. So I was a big uh, theater kid growing up. And uh, so I, I was in a lot of plays. Uh, one of the last ones that I was in before I kind of aged out of all the youth theater stuff was this musical production of Narnia. And I was the, uh, my part was the dwarf sidekick to the White Witch, if you're familiar with the story. Now, at what point uh, during the show, we kind of realized that my character didn't actually have a name. I was just written as dwarf in the script. And so uh, just among ourselves with the cast, we decided it'd be funny if we kind of gave my character a name. Uh, the girl who was uh, playing my boss, the White Witch of Narnia, thought it would be funny to have kind of an an oxymoron where, you know, dwarves are short, so let's go with Goliath. And partially because I had a massive crush on her at the time, I was like, yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Um, then later on, uh, my brother uh, got me to make my first Steam account because he wanted to play a uh, multiplayer uh, shooter game with me called Blacklight Retribution, uh, which is uh, sadly closed down the servers uh, at this point. Uh, and so then I needed a name. I just decided that this was at the top of my head. I'll make Goliath the Dwarf. And then uh, you start uh, meeting people in Discord and stuff. And uh, you kind of need to make all of your uh, gaming accounts the same names so that people can recognize you when you play across different launchers and stuff. So this kind of became my online identity. And I do love dwarves. I identify with a typical Tolkien fantasy dwarf with several aspects. I'm a bit on the short side. I have an appreciation for uh, beards. I have a strong appreciation for, for craftsmanship. And uh, in a lot of these uh, stories, like the Hobbit movies and stuff, which were also coming out at the time when I was in that place, so that was a big influence. Uh, they have like a lot of deep bass singing, which I do quite a bit myself. So I, I consider myself much more like a dwarf than like uh, many other fantasy creatures. And thus Goliath the Dwarf. Well, that's that was quite interesting. Um, I actually just <laughs> recently finished reading the I think it's the Magician's Nephew. I think that was the book called the first book in the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, yeah. And we, I, I was reading with my son. Now, um, he's reading other things. So we've started um the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but we haven't gotten too too far into it. Um, probably like two or three chapters. So we'll see how that goes over the. He's reading stories with his mom right now, so it's we don't want to like conflict stories, and then he has weird memories of what's who, what characters are in what and all that. So one story at a time, <coughs> excuse me. Makes sense. Um, so how did you get started in Hearthstone, Warcraft and gaming in general? Well, uh, so the way it happened for me was that I actually was introduced to Warcraft largely through the Warcraft movie. 
which a lot of people who play the game uh, don't necessarily like, but it was kind of my first real introduction to it. And after I saw the movie, I wanted to know what happens next. And it turns out that there was like 20 years worth of a game and written story about what happened next. And so I decided to start playing it. Um, my first, uh, my first, uh, digital card game was actually Elder Scrolls Legends because I'm also an Elder Scrolls fan. I have way too many hours logged on Skyrim over the years. And, uh, I decided to give that a shot because it was something to help fill that gap in between, you know, uh, waiting for the mythical time when Elder Scrolls six will eventually come out. Um, and, but eventually then I discovered Hearthstone and I uh, really enjoyed it. It's uh, nice and simple. I have tried uh, Magic the Gathering at a couple times in the past. It is far more complicated and I, I like the simplicity of Hearthstone. I like the homey atmosphere and uh, I like the kind of a fun uh, laid back uh, theme and connection with uh, Warcraft lore, which we'll get into later on. Um, and then, you know, I eventually kind of, you know, discovered communities, uh, especially when I uh, found a custom card contest in uh, links from the Hearthstone wiki when I was trying to keep up with new releases. And that was my introduction to a lot of the uh, different uh, communities. I actually started uh, writing some lore articles uh, for a website called uh, Out of Cards and uh, did that for a couple of years. And uh, that also introduced me from there. I started talking with uh, the Born to be Wild podcast. There were some great people. And uh, that's kind of how I've ended up being uh, uh, something in the, the larger Hearthstone community, or at least small niches of it. Yeah, we are all kind we were all kind of uh, circular or, or Venn diagram. If you have a Venn diagram of all the different communities, a lot of them line up and share the same people. Um, well, you've answered like several questions that we had all in one. Um, so you do lore episodes on Born to be Wild and you do some other podcasts too. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, uh, actually, uh, Born to be Wild is, um, is the only podcast that I've done before this one. But uh, yeah, so I actually uh, got started uh, writing uh, lore episodes for Out of Cards because it was a, uh, it was a new website at the time. It was uh, launching off the people who uh, previously ran uh, Hearth Pond. And um, I thought that, you know, it'd be great how on the Warcraft, uh, on the Hearthstone wiki, sorry, there's often like little links to the Warcraft wiki about the story behind a card. If you're seeing what is this, it gives you the connections. And I thought it'd be cool if uh, the new website, something like that, give me some online writing experience. And um, I, I just kind of uh, have this really fun connection with uh, finding the, the references. Sometimes they're very clear. Uh, sometimes they're rather obscure things in it, the game that have been made into a card. Uh, and and then uh, eventually, um, uh, Nate and uh, a couple of the other hosts of Born to Be Wilds uh, found them and wanted me to start doing some stuff on the show. And uh, now that's a thing I kind of regularly do a few times a year, uh, even uh, though I've uh, stopped writing my typical uh, lore articles on Out of Cards, just was taking up some real estate in my head. I had things changing in my life. Um, I still highly recommend the website, though. Uh, there's some great people over there. But um, yeah, it's just, it's really fun. Uh, reveal season is one of my favorite times. You know, that happens three times a year, pretty much in Hearthstone, where you get to see what are the new cards coming out with the theme. 
and I'm looking for, oh, do I recognize any of the characters or anything like that? It's it's a real exciting time. And especially when you have a super lore-heavy theme like uh, Titans was that we, we just had, we're kind of uh, phasing out of as we get into the Badlands one. I, I was just over the moon with all that. That That is so much fun to be able to talk about all that. And I, I, I love... I love telling stories. I love hearing stories. And this is a great medium to do so. Well, fantastic. Um, which which expansion has been your favorite to kind of break down? Uh, well, like I said, Titans is, is certainly up there uh, quite a bit. It, it might take the cake. Uh, I did have a lot of fun with uh, Myrtle at Castle Nathria. Um, Rastakhan's Rumble is also pretty fun because that combines the lore of like so many different troll tribes that each have their own stories and like trolls have like a really big history in Warcraft as a really ancient race. Um, Old Doom was pretty fun. Uh, Sacred of Old Doom was the, the first one that I started writing articles about back in the Out of Cards days. Um, I think that those are maybe the ones that, that come to mind the most. Uh, but really all of them are fun in their own ways. Some have a bit more to offer, but uh, it, in terms of direct lore, but they're all fun to uh, dissect in uh, whatever way, shape, or form. Well, all the ones you put out there are the ones that actually have canon lore behind them. I mean, obviously, there was no murder at Castle Nathria in WoW or whatever, but there's a lot of history there in... Warcraft that they just had for the expansion of Shadowlands and Uldum has its own history. Titans has a lot going on, especially, you know, up, up to the recent things. But how do you deal with the ones that are a little off kilter, like, say, uh, Festival of Legends? Yeah, so uh, Festival of Legends is one where you mostly just have fun with the theme uh, because the there's an interesting relationship between. Uh, Warcraft lore and Hearthstone lore. Hearthstone lore very much takes Warcraft lore as a base and then very much takes liberties and just has fun with it. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, the kind of the, the fun laid back atmosphere of Hearthstone is one of the things that drew me to it. Lots of other uh, tabletop games or uh, sorry, digital board games take themselves very seriously like um magic the gathering for example the idea is that as you're playing these cards you are actually enacting a real epic battle between all these forces or something um which is fun on in concept but uh, when i've tried playing the game i'm not really thinking about that sort of thing as i'm just focusing on trying to to play the game or get the strategy right but hearthstone is very much that you're in a tavern that exists in the Warcraft universe, and you're telling tall tales inspired by the actual lore. So you're like a person in a fantasy world making up fantasy stories that are fantasy within fantasy, like the Russian nesting dolls. And it's just really fun to have that idea of like how we have it in real life where, you know, sometimes maybe some big event happened but your average person who's just drinking in a tavern may not have all the details right and may take some uh, creative liberty spinning their own story about it. And that's a real fun way to interpret the sets. And so with something like Festival of Legends, th there's usually almost always one or two uh, characters, usually legendary cards, who uh, are at least 
a minor NPC in World of Warcraft. Those are the ones that I kind of latch on. The same thing for a couple that we'll talk about with uh, Badlands actually coming up. Um, but sometimes I just, I, I don't let it bother me because well, Festival of Legends in particular was just so much fun. And I'm a music guy too. So seeing all the different genres represented in the classes, that, that was just something that was really fun. And I focused on that angle. Speaking of drinking and taking liberties, you do some parody songs. So how did that get started? Yes, I do. Well, uh, that's something that the Born to be Wild podcast has done for quite a while. And uh, I offered to do one for the episode that I was going to be on, which at first I thought was just going to be a a one-time thing, but um, ended up uh, where I have over the past three years, written, I think, around uh, 24 uh, different parody songs, I think. Uh, Some of them focusing more on gameplay aspects, some of them a bit more lore-focused. But uh, it's it's really fun to, like, take a song and uh, try to find, like, what's the core element in here, like, like the core pun that you can work on. Like, I did a song about uh, Yashiraj based on... uh, Ra Ra Rasputin, they're like Ya 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 Shiraj. Um, there's uh, some fun ones I've done, like uh, like a song called uh, Saint Elmo's Fire. I talked about uh, with the Onyxius Layer how you don't want to stand in the Black Dragon's Fire. Um, but Sunken City Under the Sea from Little Mermaid was a just a given right there. And it's just a really fun challenge to uh, find just enough commonality elements in the song and write about something from the game or the story where you you're making enough connections that's not just you're writing a whole set of new words and plastering it onto the tune but you're actually finding ways to really connect the essence of them uh, so that if someone heard the parody first and then they went back and listened to the original song that they, they would see why that one was chosen and I've I've done a lot of singing in my life. I've been in a bunch of different choirs. I've uh, been in a lot of stage musicals. And it's just really fun to have a creative outlet like this. And I'm very grateful to the people on uh, the Born to be Wild podcast for constantly giving me this opportunity. Well, fantastic. Um, bring it back to Hearthstone a little bit. What um, modes do you like to play? I know you said you like to play a couple different things. Yeah, so um, Wild is uh, kind of a core mode that I play quite a bit, largely because I'm a hashtag never duster. Uh, I love, for me, the fun of the game is the gradually earning and building up the collection. I'm pretty much a free-for-play type of person, although I have been enticed by cosmetic deals at various times in the past, because sometimes they just look so cool. But um, yeah, for me... Everything is like the, the matter of playing whichever mode it is. And you get up the rewards track and you get your, your free packs or your gold or whatever. And it's the fun of filling out the collection and just enjoying the art. I love just flipping through the card collection and seeing how things are growing. Um, but in terms of what I like to play, so Wild makes pretty much full use of that collection. I do love Twists now because that also does that in different ways. And Duels is a really fun mode for me uh, because I, I love the solo play aspects. I really miss the fact that they aren't making solo content anymore, unfortunately. But this takes the uh, the elements of some of the best ones like the Dungeon Run and the Dalaran Heist and all that and um, merges it with an, an ever-growing, almost 
a wild uh, amount of cards that you can build from. And uh, but then you're doing against other people. And it's a great way if, if you're good enough at it, which I'm often not, but if you make that 150 gold investment, uh, it's handy for as a free to play player to try to get more bang from for your buck in that sense. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a gamble and uh, I oftentimes don't break even, but it's still really fun. Battlegrounds is decently fun, depending on um, kind of what they're doing, what mood I'm in. Uh, I've been enjoying the anomalies system that they've been having this current season. I have to say that um, I tried out mercenaries for a while. It, it just couldn't hold me uh, because it is so different and disconnected from the rest of the game. Uh, but overall, like I, I still do it every so often. I'm willing to do pretty much any mode in Hearthstone. I don't mind if they add new ones or, or polish up other ones or whatever. I'm just more ways to play. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that you're, you're, you're denying yourself a lot of uh, fun opportunities if you lock yourself down to only one or two modes, personally. That's fair. What classes do you like to play? Well, I play a little bit of uh, every class, um, again, depending on what mood I'm in, but I do always keep coming back to Warlock for whatever reason. Maybe it's partially because my first ever World of Warcraft character was a Warlock, so I have a bit of that bias. But um, it is really fun. Again, I said I like tribal synergies, and so demons as a tribal synergy play very heavily into that. Um, now you also have like the spell uh, school synergies, the, the fell and shadow quite a bit. Um, but I also just really enjoy the challenge of turning a negative into a positive. So what's Warlock all about? It's about making those sacrifices for more power. So the discards or the health tap and uh, finding ways to build decks that actually turn having to discard or losing some health into a benefit, which is why I've always enjoyed Seedlock, as uh, toxic as it might be as a deck sometimes, and they they had to literally ban it from Wild for a while. But um, I just find it really fun that you can take something that initially this was going to hurt you, but you can get it to help you out. Um, Mage is also pretty fun for me. You have Loxus to lots of different types of spells, and um, I think it's one of the classes I'm Maybe a bit more excited about, again, coming up with the next expansion. We can talk more about that later. But overall, I, I'm, I'm happy to, to play any class over time. Well, fair. Um, so what is something people might find surprising about you? It doesn't have to be serious. doesn't have to be it's just whatever might be fun or whatever you feel like. So like a personality trait or like a fun fact about me? Anything. You, you. Carp well, launch. Um, all right. Well, fun fact about me is that I actually lived the earliest years of my life in Hawaii, uh, thanks to my dad being in the Navy. I was born in Maryland, and then uh, shortly after that, it was a military base in Hawaii for three years, which I don't remember a ton because it was between the ages of zero and four, but it uh, makes for awesome bragging rights, to be perfectly honest. Well, there we go. And we've had um, Chalker on, who is also, uh, I don't think he, I, he lives in Hawaii now. I don't think he was born there. Um, how to remember. Um, all right. So just final question for the interview portion. Um, Illidan, hero or villain? Illidan is complicated. Um, he's a very ends justify the means type of character, both in terms of what he will sacrifice of his own and what he will uh, do damage for collateral. 
I'd say that he's the hero of his own story and he has been useful, but I believe that there was a far better alternative to everything that he did. Um, so it feels like a cop out to say anti-hero. So I'll I'll say I'll say maybe technically a villain who considers himself a hero and has done some heroic things. But I fall into the philosophical category of you can't use evil to defeat evil because then you just take its place as the new evil. Kind of a Lord of the Rings philosophy is more of what I take. You can't use the ring to defeat Sauron. And I would argue that as a demon hunter, you can't truly use demonic power to end demonic terror. I feel like you just called Illidan Dexter. Yeah, yep, I guess I just did. (laughs) Fair enough. So we just recently... Excuse me. We just recently had some balance changes. Um, I believe we talked about what they were going to be. I think we knew. Maybe I don't. They, oh no, we knew they were coming. Um, they nerfed Yog, which was great. He is now nine mana. Still does all the same things. There's no cost reduction anymore. But every time you play him now, he has uh, two spells that are cast randomly. So he's a little bit more Yog-ish. Um, I've only seen him in the mage wild deck I've been playing because I've just been too lazy to take him out. Um, he's not good anymore. No one's playing him, uh, which I think is a fantastic. What were your thoughts on Yogg and um, how happy are you with or not happy are you with the nerf here? Well, it, it certainly caused me to uh, take Yogg out of any deck that I'd slotted him in that was counting on. This is a lot of spells in the deck that will reduce the cost. Um, I will say that it did kind of drive me nuts that they have a Yogg card that they classify as a Titan when an old god is very much the opposite of a Titan. Uh, again, just from that lore standpoint, though I understand it's it's a mechanical term in this sense. Um, yeah, it kind of drives me nuts a little bit that uh, it was changed so much. But again, like you said, it is more flavorful to uh, Yogg type of stuff. And... I love a good chaos mage. I, I love, like, some people complain about all the RNG in Hearthstone, but I absolutely love it. I love seeing what random stuff will be thrown, uh, especially when you're playing in Wild and you get more and more possibilities with every expansion that comes out. And um, I also just really enjoy the challenge of, okay, here's the random situation that you've been given. How can you make the most of it? So I'm sure that I'll find ways to enjoy the Yogg uh, Chaos and slot it into maybe like more Mage Chaos or if there can be some other Chaos class. Uh, the, the the tentacle stuff is still really fun. Don't take that out of context. Um, and uh, just, you know, you, you play them and you get progressively bigger spells. Um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what I'll do with Yogg, but um, I think there's there's probably potential. One of the things I say about uh, Hearthstone is that there's no such thing as a useless card, just a card that hasn't had its synergy cards invented yet. And if you play wild, that will inevitably happen. I believe I even saw Sergeant Sally in a recent list. In is it, Was it in Twist? I, I saw it somewhere pop up and people were like, this is actually a card that's being included. Um. So they also nerfed Prison Breaker, which I'm pretty happy with because even though I use both those cards in a couple decks, like a hundred decks, it's just it's just nice to not have that clear, especially with me playing the Paladin. I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, that not being an instant kind of clear or even just popping Divine Shields. Um, it 
all the nerfs seem pretty good. We haven't seen much. I've seen some druids, but we've been seeing Whomper Druid and the Drum Druids back. But no more Spell Druid, no more Ramp Druid. So that's been pretty good. Uh, how how overall have you been happy with the nerfs? I am very happy to no longer have to suffer through endless single turn OTKs using Tony King of Piracy. Um, part of it drives me nuts again when the, the a card is reworked to the extent that like it loses the whole thing that it was meant for in the first place. Like the same thing with the uh, Mind Reader or Lucia. Um, they keep uh, putting in these cool concepts of like swapping decks or getting a copy of your deck i think maybe trying to recapture the the craziness of rafam i like your deck i think i will take it but uh people just keep abusing the stuff in the game and they 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 have to uh they have to get rid of the fun concept of the swapping things in order to uh make it uh, fair and fun to play so i'm disappointed in the situation i entirely understand and i'm happy to not have to just hit concede as soon as someone plays that card <laughs> because otherwise I'll die of boredom. And to be clear, Tony now has um, a battle cry of uh, give you it's basically destroy your deck, give yourself a copy of your opponent's deck. So um, it's no longer uh, an aura. It's no longer doing the thing. And the jailer now only um, makes himself immune and not your entire board for the rest of time. So, they they nerf both of those pretty hard. I'm sure there'll be some uses for them somewhere, especially in wild. But as of right now, um, all those combos are gone. But those are old cards. Uh, we've had some new cards put out. Um, really, uh, at least for the announcements for uh Festival of Legends, we're still in reveal season. I'm sorry. Um, in Showdown in the Badlands, and um, again, we're not going to we're not clink and seed. We're not these shows that are going to go through everything card by card. But we're just going to briefly touch on that. So. We haven't seen all the classes. There's still Rogue coming out. There's still um, a couple of others coming out. Paladin, I think, is coming out on the first. But um, what so far has been the class you are most excited about? Well, like I said, uh, I love a good Chaos Mage. And the, the Mage cards are looking to be uh, pretty fun. We have a Legendary that's going to reduce the uh, cost of cards that didn't start in your deck, which is always fun when you're generating all sorts of new spells and whatnot. Um, we have more secret support, which is one of those things that you love it when you're playing it. You hate it when you're uh, facing up against it. I find the new Azerite Bane secret to be interesting, which is when an enemy plays a card on your turn that uh, it entered their hand, then you get a copy that costs zero. So the sort of thing that's kind of uh, playing opposite of the new quick draw mechanic that is being introduced here where something that normally they'd be rewarded for, you're suddenly rewarded for, which is kind of an interesting take on secrets. Um, and and uh, I'm also looking forward to the, uh, the heavy dragon synergy they're leaning in for Druid. I haven't really been doing much Druid for a while, but uh, again, I'm a very flavor-based person with uh, what I enjoy doing here, so this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I will say I'm... Uh, I'm not even though I play Warlock a lot uh, so far. I'm not really hitting it with an ideas of exactly what I would use the new Warlock cards for. Same with Death Knight. I actually really like Death Knight. Uh, not hitting me out of the gate right here, but there can be a huge difference with 
the cards that I think I'm going to play a ton and enjoy during reveal season. And then after I've experimented or gotten some deck lists from people who are better at the game than me, realizing, oh, this actually is pretty fun to play with, even if I didn't see it coming. Uh, Dreadlich Tamsin is uh, one of those cards back from uh, the Alterac Valley expansion. Um, I completely underestimated that card. I didn't think it was going to be very much. As the battle cry was very uh, simplistic, and I generally look for really fun battle cries in a hero card, but it's been a pretty core card of a lot of my Warlock decks since it came out. So what what do I know sometimes, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um. I think so far, I agree with you on Mage. I'm looking forward to seeing some of Mage. I'm not sure how excited I am about the secret stuff, but be playing against the secret stuff, never, and especially when they have the objection currently in standard and all that. But um, I don't, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but Tethelion, uh, Blood Watcher, is a 4-mana 2-5 legendary that cards that didn't start in your deck cost 4 less, but not less than 1. Fantastic that they're adding... But not less than one. It's nice to see that. But it's also going to be, um, I think, a card that's going to slot in right into one of those chaos mages in wild that we were talking about. Because you get so many generated cards that having them cost nothing or close to nothing is probably going to be pretty fun. Um, I'm also interested in Sunset Volley, uh, which is a 10 mana mage spell. Uh, Deal 10 damage randomly split among all enemies. Summon a random 10 cost minion. Uh, which I wonder if that means Millhouse Manastorm is going to see uh, his uh, DJ Manastorm, whatever it is. Um, I wonder if that will come into play because we didn't have enough big spells in Mage to make that worth it, where um, it, your spells start at zero and then or one, and then every next spell gets more expensive. Um, maybe there's a home for him there. Who knows? At least maybe we'll see people try. But the one I'm, I'm not quite... I'm a little worried about Warlock because the Azerite... So as we talked about the excavations, you had some cards um, have four levels of treasures and that fourth level is a legendary and then it rotates back to one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. But the legendary for Warlock is a, a snake that steals 10 health from your opponent and increases your health total by 10. Or so basically your max from what I understand you're not just taking 10 life from them but you're taking 10 life of their cap. So then if they're a class like priest they can't heal past 20 if you've played this and you now you have a health cap of 40. So that is going it's to be kind of like a reverse of that uh that original priest spell where you get the reward that sets your health at 40. This takes it away from someone else. And there are there's another a new panda type card in the um neutrals. And there is so if you all remember in Festival of Legends, everyone was worried that you were going to see um the card. What was the card? There was there was one card that people were worried about that then it would change you would oh Tony. It was like you would steal with Tony, you would then play Fires as an Ajari. And then you would play Steam Cleaner. And everyone was worried about that combo. Um, never, I mean, I, I saw it maybe twice in all this time. And I think I won one of those games still. Because I had a board and I just, they did their thing and I just killed them. But there's another combo that people are trying uh, talking about where I, I, I don't have it in front of me and I'm not going to go through it all. 
but it's basically uh, you play Thaddeus and on Eve when 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 he's even, and then there's an excavate two mana excavate, and then there's like this whole cycle that you keep going through, and you keep getting that snake, and you can do it like infinitely APM and. I, I, people were like worried about, oh, we're going to see this is going to be problem. I think the snake's going to be problematic. Don't get me wrong, but I don't see an infinite combo happening um, outside of maybe a YouTube clip from um, Mark McKenzie or something. You know, it, it's not going to happen. Um, anytime we get worried about these things, remember everybody was worried about uh, cover artists and Titans. I think I've seen maybe three cover artists in the last three months. So, I don't think we're particularly worried about those things. They're fun to speculate about, and it's fun to see people come up with these ideas. Oh, here's how they're going to break the system, but it never it never ends up being a thing. But I'm excited for the new set. Uh, I've really, I'm actually enjoying the meta right now. I'm really enjoying the meta now that uh, Yogg is out of it, so I'm content. I don't need it this quickly, but I'm happy to get new cards. It's always fun. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about some lore. Uh, so normally this is the part of bread and butter where we call it's it's dinner. We I get a little hungry. Doc says, "Yeah, let's talk about dinner." But um, I normally have a a set of questions or a guidance to take our guests in whatever their focus is. Like last week we had Corb. We talked about high level gameplay, and I don't have that tonight. Tonight we have uh, Goliath the Dwarf here to talk about lore. So Goliath, take it away. All right, so uh, we're going to be focusing on uh, giving you a heads up about some of the lore uh, for the Badlands set. Now, as I mentioned, uh, Hearthstone will often play fast and loose with Warcraft lore, and um, they will often have kind of a pattern with the sets where given a year, you'll often have like a silly set, serious lore heavy set, silly set, or reverse, where you're going to have like two maybe more serious ones and a silly one in between. Like um, examples will be, we had Whispers of the Old Gods that's followed immediately by uh, One Night in Karazhan. You know, it's not, you get juxtaposition there quite a bit. Um, so we, we just had a massive lore-heavy, very lore-heavy set uh, with the Titans, and uh, Hearthstone is very much going in, uh, this is our own direction here, with uh, giving a real wild Western flair to an existing zone in World of Warcraft. It's been here since the uh, the beginning, the Valen days, in fact, uh, called the Badlands. And um, so, unlike something like Titans, where almost every legendary was a, a significant lore character often whom had like massive backstories or were great cosmic beings who had a huge impact on the story um there's so far like we haven't had all the cards revealed yet but of the ones that we have uh, we have maybe about uh, three who are actual characters in world of warcraft and uh, all the rest are fun characters that uh, hearthstone has decided to invent along with the uh the Wild Western theme, just really leaning into that here. But uh, I'm here to tell you at least a few of the basics about the lore roots for uh, Hearthstone's uh, just very fun uh, Western-themed expansion here. So uh, what are the Badlands? The Badlands are a very arid zone. Again, that's why it makes it a good Wild West setting. Uh, within the 
uh, Dwarven Kingdom of Kaznodan, um, which uh, coincidentally is, uh, well, not coincidentally, is named after the Titan Kazgaroth uh, because the dwarves are pretty obsessed with uh, Titan history, and so they named their kingdom after it. Um, the Badlands are one of those areas, this is a pretty common theme in Warcraft, actually. There are very few, if any, deserts that were just natural deserts. Almost all deserts in World of Warcraft were once lush zones that had something terrible happen to them that extinguished all life in the area. Like in Old Doom, for example, that was once a big jungle, but you had like this big pulse uh, from the forge of a uh, reorigination that wiped out all of the uh, jungles on there and made it so that there can only be desert. Uh, Badlands is kind of a similar story where it was once pretty lush. But uh, there was a little incident when uh, Ragnaros accidentally got summoned to the world, uh, creating Blackrock Mountain, and uh, kind of ended up uh, burning that area out as part of the process, according to the WoW Wiki. Um, it's a place where uh, there's not a ton of heavy story that goes on, but there are some uh, pretty significant uh, features here. Uh, one of the most prominent is a uh, Titan city. Uh, called Uldaman, um, which is home to a lot of the earthen, who are like the uh, the non-fleshy, the stony ancestors of the dwarves. Um, it is actually considered to be a horde zone in the Eastern Kingdom's region, even though it's smack in the middle of a lot of alliance territory. You have a couple uh, goblin cartel cities, and um, there's actually a uh, pretty significant... Uh, dragon story that happens there that we'll get into in uh, just a little bit. But of all of the um, legendary cards that have been released so far as of this recording, uh, we only have about uh, three that are actual characters. Uh, the first is one that we've already been talking about, uh, Talithin Bloodwatcher, um, who is the leader of the Blood Elven Reliquary which is kind of like the Horde uh, rival to the Alliance-based League of Explorers. Um, people who have played since the original League of Explorers set in Hearthstone will remember the Warlock card, the Reliquary Seeker. Um, this guy is essentially her boss. Uh, the Reliquary is a Blood Elven uh, group that is uh, obsessed with uncovering ancient artifacts from around Azeroth was initially founded as a way to try to help the Blood Elves uh, find alternative ways to uh, cure their magic addiction, to be uh, uh, pretty simple about it. And um, yeah, they kind of have this uh, this run-in with the League of Explorers. It's kind of like a, you know, uh, Indiana Jones uh, versus the Nazis type of thing, except not quite so black and white evil. Uh, though the Believe Explorers is more based on the idea that we're here to say things for history, and the Reliquary is themed around the idea that we want to use these ancient artifacts for power. Um, so you do have a bit of that same theme there, but uh, they aren't necessarily evil. Uh, they just have their own uh, goals for what they want to use things for. Uh, we also have uh, one of the first cards that was uh, revealed for the set, uh, Theladrin the Lost, who is uh, one of our Hunter legendaries. He is the the dwarf with the with the big fist there, and um, he's a he's a minor NPC and quest giver in the Badlands area. Uh, he actually is a former member of the old god worshipping Twilight's Hammer cult, 
who uh, decided to uh, kind of break with them and has this whole story and quest line back in the original vanilla world of Warcraft uh, about um, a, uh, a book to summon some powerful creatures that kind of ended up having its pages torn all over the place. And um, eventually he uh, just stopped being insane. Um, it's not quite clear exactly how that happened, but after the uh, Cataclysm expansion, which uh, revamped many zones and gave new quests for them, uh, he has an interesting quest where he's sitting with a couple other quest giver NPCs telling tall tales. And he tells a story that you kind of uh, reenact in the quest of how he just punched his way through a ton of earth elementals and then went up and punched Deathwing right in the face. Uh, thus, the kind of the emphasis on the fist in his uh, art and theme. And then we have uh, Rhea Strassa, who is our uh, druid dragon legendary card, um, who is really interesting because she helped kickstart a, uh, the origin of uh, a pretty beloved uh, long-running character in Warcraft at this point, actually, Rathian. So um, dragons have this ability to be able to uh, change their form into a mortal guise. Uh, many of them have like their standards, like, you know, your human or your elf or whatnot. Uh, Rhea Straza is very unique because when you first meet her as a quest giver in the Badlands, she's actually disguising herself as a goblin, uh, which you don't really see very often. Uh, maybe you'll have a bronze dragon disguise himself as a gnome like Chlomi, but uh, you don't really see goblins. And it turns out that uh, she is working on using Titan technology to be able to try to purify black dragon eggs to remove the old god taint and curse of madness that affected Deathwing and pretty much all black dragons. And uh, she ends up getting uh, killed by Deathwing in the process of the quest, but uh, the egg survives and hatches, and that is where little whelp Rathian is born. And he has quite the, uh, the journey uh, throughout various expansions. Um, the current WoW expansion, as of this recording, Dragonflight, he has been having some pretty massive roles in, helping to get the Black Dragonflight up on its feet. Uh, he has had some pretty major roles in, like, accidentally uh, kickstarting uh, a demonic invasion through uh, the unintended consequences of his attempts to subvert said invasion. Um, he has been very cocky and very immature in the past, but he's uh, he's grown up quite a bit since. Um, this thing about dragons is even when they're whelps, they're like extremely intelligent and think they know everything, just the nature of being a dragon. Uh, but yeah, Rhea Straza is uh, a cool character that I'm looking forward to uh, giving uh, a bit of a, a lore play. Sometimes I like to try to uh, create a deck that's not necessarily meant to win, but themed around like a certain story element of how many how many connected characters can you manage to draft into one deck that that's a fun little challenge i'm looking forward to with that one um those are kind of the the core characters so far that we have from uh badlands set but uh, we also have a couple other elements that we can talk about uh very literally because elementals are uh, pretty prominent in this expansion um i think this uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cheeto. I think this might be the most emphasis we've seen on the element tribe and the whole if you played an element last turn since Ungoro. That sounds about right. 
Yeah, yeah, they're really leaning into it. So I figured we'd uh, we'd talk just a little bit about the nature of uh, elementals as well, as they're kind of fitting in. So the way that elementals work in uh, World of Warcraft story is that they are kind of the, the the natural, most basic life forms that evolve on worlds in the cosmos, in the great dark beyond, which is the World of Warcraft name for outer space. And... Um, a lot of time, uh, they will be uh, balanced out and a lot more mellow with uh, the element of spirit, which a lot of planets have. But Azeroth, where World of Warcraft and Hearthstone are mostly set, is a special world that has what's called a world soul in it, which is essentially a baby titan that's kind of waiting to, to hatch out of an egg, in a sense. And um, that ended up like sucking all of the uh, spirit uh, energy in so that left all of the other elementals your fire earth water air uh, without anything to keep them in check and they became like very aggressive and violent you have of course a lot of our old favorites Ragnaros the fire lord Alakir the wind lord uh, Neptulon the tide hunter and the one that they still haven't made a legendary of for some reason uh, Therizin the stone mother uh, we we have all of the others but we don't have earth represented for some reason I'm disappointed in you. We still have we still have a few more days left of reveals. That's fair. That's fair. So the the way that it works is that um, the elementals are tied to the world, and they can't really be truly killed. So when uh, when the titans came and decided that you know the old gods and the enslaved elementals needed to. Uh, you know, be locked away and chill out. They realize you can't really kill the elementals, so they're just going to come back. So they created these uh, worlds called the elemental planes that they kind of lock them in. And um, if you kill an elemental in its plane, then it actually truly dies. But um, a lot of them uh, either get summoned or still find ways back to uh, regular old Azeroth, uh, what you might call a material plane if you are using like uh, D&D charms, for example. And um, they can actually some, sometimes form a composite elementals if you get them mixed together. Like, for example, uh, you have things like tar elementals, which might be if you get like an earth and a water elemental mixed up. Or an ice elemental might be when uh, a bit of water and a bit of air elemental combine together. And uh, they're frequently spoken to by shamans. It's a big part of a lot of shamanistic cultures in World of Warcraft is having a, uh, a balanced and uh, healthy diplomatic relationship with the elements where you ask them for help. Uh, mages will also work with elementals, but uh, they're more about kind of like using magic to kind of create and control artificial ones a lot more of the time than uh, talking to them from the elemental plane. And um, I think it's going to be really fun to uh, visit uh, elementals as a strong tribe synergy again in the Badlands. Uh, there's a lot of interesting story elements they can have with some of these elementals can be very powerful creatures or you know we can also have just like a neat little cute ones like you know a little pebble or a little water drop or something so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what we have in store for that and the last one that we're going to talk about because this is a big theme in the set is azurite tito what do you know about azurite well, I know that it seems to be out of place in the Badlands because from what I understand, the Badlands is ha like a story from the past. But 
the Azerite is basically, as far as I understand, the, the blood of the Titan, which is um, in, in the, in the uh, core. And we are. it started leaking when Sargeras jammed a sword into it at the end of... Um, one of the one of the expansions, and that's where we started trying to farm Azerite, and that was it. Might have already been there, but it became prominent then. That's exactly correct. Yeah, at the end of the uh, the Burning Legions invasion, after uh, the Titans were freed from uh, Sargeras trying to uh, corrupt and imprison them, uh, they managed to uh, imprison him and put an end to the demon invasion. But as like a last spiteful uh, jab, he literally just stuck his sword into the world of Azeroth, and that wounded it so deep it started bleeding this material called Azerite. Now, Azerite has been uh, said uh, to have been found, like if you dig deep enough in various places, uh, the goblin leader Jaster Galibus actually had a cane that um, had been made from the stuff before, but uh, it was just kind of like a, a dull, lifeless red at the time. And it turned out that after the sword was put in and this stuff kind of started to be more like magically awakened, then this cane started like turning all sorts of magical colors and everything, which is how he learned a lot about Azerite. And yeah, it, it's something that's found in a lot of places of the world is it's kind of leaking out um, frequently in uh, islands. Uh, in World of Warcraft, one of the main places that you get it is in island expeditions. This, uh, little game mode that they put in with all, all sorts of different places in the ocean um it's something that uh the alliance and horde were fighting over quite a bit in the battle for azeroth expansion it was kind of like uh like world of warcraft's plutonium you know like uh, the race for the atom bomb type of thing because they're like oh we we can't let the other faction get it this stuff's too powerful and it is like it's a really powerful explosive it can be a powerful energy source um it's kind of nebulous. I don't know if it's actually been fully defined precisely what it can and can't do. It kind of serves, uh, plot. it has plot convenience powers, you might say. But um, a funny thing is that that sword is currently still sticking in the ground as we speak in the story. And uh, not much has been to address it so far. So we'll, we'll see if they ever get back to that story element, honestly. But um, yeah, it's uh, Azerite is something that can theoretically be popping out anywhere. And it's unclear exactly when this Badlands story is taking place. Because in the trailer they said this takes place a long time ago. But they could just be referring to like that's an Old West type of story. Um, but uh, lore-wise, if we're talking strictly from a World of Warcraft standpoint, it wouldn't make sense for all this Azerite stuff to be out before the Battle for Azeroth content. But uh, if this is something that takes place afterwards, I suppose it would still make sense. And it certainly fills the role of something for the theme that they're going for with the Old West about the, um, the prospectors exploiting the land in search of like you know, gold or oil or whatnot. Azerite is kind of like the thing in World of Warcraft lore that fills that particular niche of what's something that's super rare, super powerful, people would be willing to... Uh, possibly, you know, destroy the land in order to get rich off of. Azerite fills that niche. And again, we have that relationship of just like the, the fun tall tale of someone who might not be getting quite all their history right. So 
if, if it's in, if you uh, know where to take the lore seriously and where to accept the Hearthstone plays fast and loose with it. Well, from what I understand, this is Elise before... We, we're, we're theorizing that this is Elise before the League of Explorers. That, so that's why we are All thinking right. it's, it's earlier. That would make sense, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. Elise has uh, taken quite a life of her own as a character since she was first introduced in League of Explorers. Uh, we, we have her sister now, and uh, it'd be interesting, the idea of uh, learning a bit of the type of things that she did before the leak. We already know stuff about, like, Reno Jackson. Turns out he was a dragon this whole time. Um, and uh, Bran is a lore character, and uh, Finley was uh, Murloc, uh, doing Murloc things. So yeah, I guess Elise is kind of the, the one to of, of the core four to have some more backstory really fleshed out on. I'm excited to see uh, what happens where they take the story elements of the expansion. Yeah, I'm pretty excited too. Well, that was a lot of information. I hope our listeners enjoyed it. Um, we typically ask a question now, and this is this is very serious. What's your favorite dessert? <laughs> uh, that's going to change. Uh, I'm a very seasonal-based person. I love uh, holidays and uh, th- things of the different seasons. Uh, so... Right now, if you're asking me at the moment, we're we're in fall and uh, Halloween may be just around the corner, but Thanksgiving is the one that has the special desserts attributed to it. I'm going to say, uh, Kelly, are you familiar with Great Pumpkin Dessert at all? Never heard of it. Okay, so basically it's um, it's almost this kind of um, custardy cake type of thing. Basically, you... Uh, you mix uh, together like pumpkin and evaporated milk and spices and uh, pudding mix, actually vanilla pudding mix and a couple other things. And you pour it. And so it's like a very liquidy mixture that you put into a cake pan. Uh, then you sprinkle it with a yellow cake uh, powder, uh, like one of those boxes that you get at a store. You just sprinkle that right on top. You don't mix it in and then drizzle it with some butter and maybe put like some pecans on top, stick it in the oven and uh, it is really good. It's one of my family's uh, core Thanksgiving uh, desserts that we have, along with a pumpkin pudding pie, which is also really good. It's uh, different from your typical pumpkin pie, where it's one of those refrigerated pies. Uh, so you basically have a graham cracker crust, and then you have one layer where you mix together a Cool Whip and uh, some uh, cream cheese and uh, some milk and sugar. And you put that on, and then you have a second layer, which is, again, we have kind of the, the pudding mix and the pumpkin and spices and all that. And then you just stick it in the fridge for a few hours, and it's this double-layer pumpkin pie with a white layer and an orange layer. And it, both of them are absolutely delicious. So since you're asking me this right now with this season, that's the answer I'm going to get for favorite dessert. It seems your family is very into casserole as a dessert. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that, yeah. So, um, listeners... We ask you this every week. Uh, it'd be nice if you all left us a review. Whether you like us or you don't like us, tell us how you feel. Um, you have to go to uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever. I, I looked for Spotify. I could not find a place to leave reviews on Spotify. You can leave a, ra- a rating there. You can like a, you can five-star it there. But yeah, we want to hear from you. You can send us, you know, reach out to us on social media, whatever. But speaking of social media, Goliath, where can people find you um, out there in the world? I'm not as super active on a lot of social media, but if you would like to uh, read any of the old lore guides that I wrote that are still up on the Out of Cards website, I strongly recommend you go and check them out. Again, that is uh, 
out of dot games is the uh, current name of the domain. I can go to the Hearthstone section, uh, look for uh, guides, and uh, we have a whole section on lore, uh, which uh, I wrote several uh, during my time there. Uh, if you would like to interact with me personally, uh, you can generally find me on Discord at uh, Goliath the Dwarf, all one word, uh, G-O-I-L-A-T-H-T-H-E-D-W-A-R-F. I also technically have a Twitch channel, which I haven't done anything on for years, but if you would like to find that in the event that I randomly decide to start streaming one day, you can. It's uh, it's the same spelling, same term, Goliath the Dwarf. Um, that's uh, pretty much all I have. And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. Um, I actually do stream at Tito Santana HS. Uh, you have any shout outs this week, Goliath? Um... I'd just like to shout out the uh, the people in the Hearthstone community who got me here. Uh, shout out Out of Games and a shout out to uh, the Born to be Wild. Um, I would not have uh, such a uh, deep love for the game and a sense of community surrounding it without uh, these communities that uh, took me in and embraced my love of the lore and merging it with Hearthstone. Uh, so yeah, just give a shout out to them and a big thank you. Well, that's fantastic. Um, and I'm going to shout out Corb last week. I, I really enjoyed that episode. Um, and thank you yourself for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Sorry. Uh, we couldn't have our host or our, our sub host, but, um, I still had fun. It was still very interesting. Um, I also want to shout out. Um, so I had a bit idea and, um, it was going to be with electric sheep city, storm rage, just like I still almost done. We'll get it out there. But, uh, Electric Sheep City was supposed to be here tonight. Like we said, his internet has been out for a couple days. Something about new construction, cutting uh, fiber or something like that. So he wasn't even to get me his portion of the bit. But um, I appreciate that uh, people just were willing to uh, record a couple things for me. And it was a little silly bit and it's going to be fun. So it's a nice goof. But um, we'll have that probably next week. Or, or maybe I'll have it at the beginning of this episode. I don't know. We'll see what happens when um, I edit it and when Sheep gets his stuff back. But... Anyway, I think that's it. I think we're toast. We'll see ya. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light. <laughs>